The Braves rotation has some spring surprises. It gets exciting when your young players that you have start taking you know, strides forward, and, and it's, like, it's good to see that. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report, presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano, who is coming to us today from Fort Myers, Florida, as the Braves are starting to wrap up spring training. we got one more full week to go, and, Justin, we have exactly what we expected, a no-holds-barred battle for the fifth spot in the rotation between two rookies that we hardly knew a month ago. Yeah, this has been uh, <laughs> surprising, to say the least. It's everything we love about baseball, um, the unpredictability of it all. And kudos to those two, kudos to the Braves who have made this a true meritocracy uh, by optioning Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder, who were just okay, uh, in favor of Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd staying in big league camp because they have been tremendous. All right, coming up, we will take a real deep dive on how this competition ended up with this result. You'll hear from Dylan Dodd. You'll hear from Jared Schuster on how they're handling their newfound success. Plus, we'll discuss what this means for Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder. Also, Justin's got the rest of his roster predictions with 10 games left in camp, and he'll answer your questions in the Ask Justin segment. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And are you familiar with Kroger Boost? If not, this is a membership program from Kroger that allows you to save up to $1,000 per year. You'll also get twice the fuel points and free delivery on your Kroger groceries. So if you want to give it a shot, try it for free now for 30 days. All you have to do is sign up at Kroger.com slash boost. That is Kroger.com slash boost. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, first off, uh, Justin, we missed you last week. Yeah, you get anything accomplished during your uh, week off? I did. Many things accomplished. Re- rest and relaxation, chief among them. And then my taxes. I feel like every year of my adult life, I have run up against a deadline, um, especially covering baseball. You know how it is. Things get into gear when tax season uh, arrives. So I was, uh, yeah, I I was happy to knock that one off. And I will be going to Braves games, covering Braves games, covering the rest of spring training, going on the first couple road trips without the big albatross on my shoulders. That would be my taxes. That comes from experience, sir. Well done. Uh, you know, the, the, there's there's very few bad things about the month of April. You know, we have we have opening day, home opener, the Masters, Final Four, but tax season is a bit of an in, inconvenience. So, congratulations to you for planning ahead. Thanks. What did I miss? Uh, you know, you didn't you didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, if, if you had a, if you need to go back and uh, listen to uh, had the great uh, Mark Bradley on with uh, me and Gabe last week, giving his perspective on uh, the developments of the year, the rule changes, the WBC. Uh, but uh, you were there just in time to hear, uh, you know, really what's kind of been the big news of uh, spring training so far. The most compelling storyline: the battle for the last spot in the rotation. Now down to two rookies. Schuster v. Dodd. You know what? It's like you come to spring training and you never know, you know, where 
that Matzik's going to come from or, you know, those, those kinds of stories. And that's – it gets exciting when your young players that you have start taking, you know, strides forward. And, and it's like – it's good to see that. And, uh, you know, it just adds to, you know, the strength of your organization too. So, um, you know, it's, that's that's an exciting thing. And they're pitching good. I mean, they're handling themselves well. They're, they're you know, their mound presence is really good. They're confident. And they throw strikes. That's a, that's a, right down to that is, is getting the ball over the plate. That's Braves manager Brian Snitker. And I, I'm really, truly stunned that, that we're having this conversation. But those two lefties have, have kind of forced the issue and not left a lot of doubt. Yeah, they, if you think about it, um, in terms of the – idea of taking the best 26 north um in professional sports there is so much to that whether it be contracts salaries minor league options all of these peripheral things come into play in an opening day roster this the braves really had no choice um in terms of i guess they could have gone maybe with the safer bets because they're more experienced at the major league level so far but dodd and schuster have just pitched so much better than Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder did through their first spring starts. Um, and I'll tell you what, Jay, so the day before I flew back down, I was sitting on my couch, you know, watching the show, and I had Twitter notifications off for the entire week to unplug a little bit. Gabe Burns, my great colleague, our great colleague, was here covering. Um, and I saw the Twitter notification from the Braves eventually and that they optioned Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder, and I was like, that has to be, that was truly a shocker. But you look at the numbers, they couldn't be more similar, and they honestly could not be better for two kids who have never thrown a pitch at the big league level. It's it's kind of eerie how how similar these two lines are. So for Jared Schuster, 12 and two-thirds, five hits, one earned, two walks, 16 strikeouts. Dylan Dodd, 13 innings, seven hits, one earned, two walks, 15 strikeouts. It's all within one or two on every single column from two guys we were not talking about when pitchers and catchers reported a month ago. It's insane. Dylan Dodd, you know, fans who know prospects, maybe were a little bit hyped about him, but we just didn't know a ton about him. Heck, Brian Snicker said this week that he didn't really know who Dylan Dodd was until he saw him facing Ronald Acuna and others on a backfield. Jared Schuster, we've seen him in big league camp before. He had a terrific minor league season last year. Um, he's a 2020 draft pick. But we didn't know where he was going to end up in big league camp. I thought Jared Schuster, as everybody did, would come in. You know, Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd were there to be around the big league pitchers, learn a thing or two, get some good time up here, show what they can do in these spring games, and then, you know, head to the minor leagues this season. And one of them is going to end up making the roster uh, conceivably if all goes as expected. Now, Jay, this wasn't so much about Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder as it was about Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. Those lines you just read are incredible. They're terrific. Both have pitched well. Uh, the big thing, and this stands out in stark difference to Anderson and Elder this spring and in previous times, they throw strikes. Uh, Schuster and Dodd, they don't nibble. They pound the zone. The walks there compared with the strikeouts, that ratio is very, very important. Um, and look, what else that the other thing that went into this decision was with spring training winding down, there aren't many starts left for pitchers. And because pitchers are more stretched out, 
they take a bigger percentage of the game. So the Braves are going to need innings for Kyle Wright. They were going to need innings for Michael Soroka. They couldn't really afford to keep Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder at the major league level in big league spring training games and have Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd follow them. They would take innings from relievers. They would take innings from Wright. They would take innings from Soroka. And plus, the Braves don't, at this point, don't need to see Jared Schuster face any more minor leaguers. Um, They know what he can do. They wanted him to get better competition. This was a little bit about clearing the room a little bit, getting serious about a couple guys. The one thing to note, though, as I wrap up this point, is that theoretically, they could still recall Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder for opening day. And the way they could do that is because they have three injured players, three players who will start the season on the injured list, Tyler Matzik a Tommy John guy, Huascar Enoa, another Tommy John guy, and Colby Allard, who suffered a grade two um, oblique strain and is going to land on the aisle to start the season. So if the Braves wanted to recall Anderson or Elder, they could put one of the injured guys on the opening day roster and then IL the injured guy and then bring up Anderson or Elder, because at that point, if they were recalled for an injury, they wouldn't have to spend the minimum 15 days in the minors. I don't think that'll happen. Schuster and Dodd are pitching too well. I think the the, the most fascinating part to me about all this is, is that the thought process that the organization has to go through here. And how do you weigh what you've seen from guys like Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder in legitimate big league competition for, especially in Anderson's situation for years? and with these two rookies with what you've seen in Florida for a month. We talk about competition in spring training, and you, you weigh that against the guys that have a baseball card, you look at differently, but that's what we have to look at. And, um, you know, Dodd has come in from the first live BP I watched this kid throw against Ronald Acuna and all those guys. I mean, and we had the pitch clock, and it was almost like he was maneuvering the pitch clock on the backfields when we when we had that going on and kind of waiting it down and things like that and throwing the ball over and you look at the reaction of those guys and I mean he I mean I, I told him when he pitched against Dominican I said don't game plan this because if he sees that lineup he might go home you know I mean and he and he did okay we make a couple of plays and and it's a that game's a different story facing that competition um, you know so it, it's you have to, and you don't know until you get there what exactly it's going to do. But you know what? When they're, we're, especially we like to take them on the road, so we're going to face that team's big leaguers. You know, when you when you travel most of the time. So, um, yeah, you weigh all that. I mean, I, I don't know that you're right 100% of the time, but you you know you just kind of you know you look at it, and, and the eye test is pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good indicator for me. Um, and what you what I see is pretty good. I mean, I, I'm sure hope that you know it's real we've got a lot more audio from from both candidates coming up and more from snit and the recurring theme you will hear is strikes 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 that part seems to be real yeah dylan dodd kind of put it best well jared schuster said they're you know that's what he does dylan dodd said yeah we're both strike doors and dylan dodd mind you through the first two seasons of community college he topped out at 88 miles an hour Um, He got up to 95 that last year at Southeast Missouri State after he transferred, you know, his final year of college eligibility. And he got one extra year because of the COVID year and the NCAA giving athletes an extra year. So I asked Dylan Dodd about it and he goes, um, yeah, you know, I've I've had to be a strike thrower kind of my whole life because I didn't always have 
the best stuff, especially growing up when I wasn't throwing very hard or you know, I, I was always kind of undersized and stuff. So, you know, if I didn't throw strikes and I started walking guys, I was going to give up hits anyways. So it was very, you know, it was very important that I didn't give up any more free base runners. Um, so that's always been something that I've kind of taken pride in. One of the things you really look to evaluate is how people respond to failure and how they react to certain situations. Jared Schuster, ever, after giving up a home run to Brian Reynolds, who's a pretty good big league ball player. Yeah, he's mind not you, bad. He's going to make a lot of money. Got right back on the horse, strike one to the next guy. Um, the other day, Schuster loads the bases in the first inning, gets right back at it, doesn't give up a run. That outing escapes. Dodd, yesterday, uh, Saturday, gives up an, a leadoff home run to Brandon Marsh, the first run he surrendered this spring, and then gets right back at it, and that's all he gives to Phillies. Uh, so I just think strikes, strikes, strikes for sure, and then the poise, the composure, the wherewithal to continue pitching. Um, I think we've seen a lot of it. I like Ian Anderson. I like Bryce Elder. We've complimented both on this podcast time and again. Uh, but when you see guys like that maybe not attack as much as Dodd and Schuster have been, it stands in stark difference to what the lefty prospects are doing. They go right after guys. They just trust their stuff. They let it play. Um, and it's working out so far uh, to the tune of a surprise for the starter competition that we could not have seen coming. I know you uh, you grabbed Schuster for a minute in the clubhouse uh, the other day, and you talked to him about how he's going to handle this situation for the last two weeks of spring. When you come into camp and you don't know, you know where you're going to stand, and then they tell you you've got two starts, that'll probably make the decision. How do you focus on controlling what you can and not letting the situation, I guess, overwhelm your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just trying to be as president as possible, just um, stick to my routines and keep doing what I've been doing and not try to think about the outcome and just think about, like, what you can do to, like, help the outcome, not the outcome itself. A lot of people obviously had their thoughts on the names and kind of like the starter competition, but coming into camp, were you just like, why, why not me? Like, why can't I do that? Um, yeah, I mean, just like I said, try not to focus on what the results, just try to focus on what I can do, so. Um, but yeah, tried to pitch as well as I could and hopefully keep it, keep it going. You know, Schuster was drafted in the same class and actually ahead of uh, some guy named Spencer Strider who just uh, completely exploded last year. But ha has Schuster's progression been a little more typical? Yeah, for sure. Um, he was also drafted in the same class and ahead of some guy named Bryce Elder. So the Braves are actually going to have three pitchers in the majors once Schuster debuts from that class who have debuted. Yeah, Jared Schuster's a lot more of a typical progression. This guy went to Wake Forest, which is renowned for its pitching lab. Uh, we discussed that on the podcast um, in regards to Ian Anderson and his offseason work there. But Jared Schuster has been, I don't want to say, you know, a, a slower developer, a slower cook, but he's been more typical. You know, college lefty comes out, has the minor league progression, might have been up here sooner had it not been for kind of that wasted season in 20 um, and kind of the weird springs, you know, in between it's been a weird couple of years because of COVID. Um, but now he's got some normalcy. He's got a couple full professional seasons, you know, under his belt, things like that. It's been a lot more typical strider. <laughs> Spencer strider has insane talent as does Jared Schuster, but Schuster has been a much more typical path to the starting point. Um, and look, a lot of times high school pitchers 
will have that, you know, a long time to develop. College guys don't have as long to develop these days. Uh, they will be, it's almost like you get moving or you get out. So Jared Schuster has been a lot more typical and has kind of been reaching his apex at the correct time. So it's the first time Schuster gets the ball since the big news spotlights on him. He, he doesn't give up a run and pitches into the fifth inning against Boston on Friday. What's the cop here? Who does he remind you of? Yeah, he kind of reminds me just because, and this is my, I'm not a scout and I certainly am not a pitching expert. He looks like kind of like a little bit of the tight mechanics and the body style of like Carlos Rodon, like a lefty. Um, and now Rodon's more of a fastball slider guy. Schuster's developing that slider and looking to kind of throw it more um, and use it more. And he his changeup is probably his best pitch. He had the best pitch and, you know, probably best changeup in the Braves system. But just kind of that body style, the tight mechanics, that's who he kind of looks like to me. That's what jumped out to mind. Um, I'm not saying he will go on to be as good as Rodon. Um, but that's who came to mind, at least for me. And I think Jared Schuster, you know, is now kind of the consensus top prospect in the Brave system, um, I guess, unless you want to put Dodd there. But I, I think, you know, good lefty, great changeup. Um, and that, yeah, that same body style. I don't know. That's just what popped in my head when I thought about lefties that I, you know, I've seen on the mound, at least recently. Out of Dylan Dodd, and you know, we'd mentioned that that he knows why he's here. He knows why Schuster's here, and that's because they're getting the ball over the plate. We fill it up, and, and you know, we we don't really let the t we don't really beat ourselves. You know, we don't we don't walk guys. We we attack the zone, and we make them beat us. And our uh, Gabe Burns got a little bit of background from Snip. What did you really know about him? Who's that? Uh, Dodd. Nothing. No, I, I saw him on that backfield, and I'm like, who's this Dodd guy? You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, we do one-pagers, we call them. So we bring every player in individually and talk to them. And, and our analytics has a, a one-page thing of every their synopsis of their year and things they did. And, and you know, we ask them questions. And, and, and it's really enlightening. It's really cool to listen to them talk and ask them, well, when did you do this? Or, you know, I've thrown strikes all my life. You know, which is usually the ones that do do. You know, you find, you know, over the years, it's like guys that don't throw strikes, but most of the time don't throw strikes. <laughs> you know, you hang with them because it's stuff, but they don't throw strikes. They just don't all of a sudden get the ball over the plate. All right, uh, Snit admitted he knew nothing, uh, quote, uh, about Dodd a month ago. Be honest, how much did you know about Dylan Dodd a month ago? I didn't know a ton. Yeah, that's that's my honest answer. Like I would look up, you know, a lot of fans are excited about him. So I looked up kind of his numbers, knew he was in big league camp, planned to do a story on him, that sort of thing. But yeah, like I didn't know in terms of like his pitch mix, like in this job, you have to know the entire organization and you certainly try your best. Uh, but in baseball, that is a little difficult to get to each and every one of those guys um, and to get to know them uh, in the way you would one of the big leaguers um so yeah I, I didn't know a ton about him and i am not afraid to say that i know a lot more now though um, <laughs> because he has forced us to uh which is which is good on him also that the one pager thing snip mentioned he, he mentioned that you know last night he's mentioned it a few times um and they've done that that sounds very interesting you did grab uh, dylan in the clubhouse to find out how he's going to deal with his uh, new uh, situation i mean i can't really you know, control the decision they make, you know, whether I'm, you know, on the roster or not on the roster, right? You know, but what I can control is, you know, how I go about my business today and tomorrow and, you know, and, and throughout the week and leading up to my start to prepare myself each and every week. And his outing was just as good as Schuster's on Saturday. 
who is the comp for you there with Dylan? All right. So this one I had absolutely no idea when I looked at your show sheet before. Um, so honestly, I just I texted a scout and just, you know, one person, a lot of people, you know, just on body type doesn't have to foreshadow success or anything like that. Mentioned, I think this is a good one, mentioned David Peterson uh, of the Mets. And I covered Petey, um, great guy. And yeah, that guy, I think that fits. Like it kind of looks similar. Petey's a little taller, a little bigger, uh, more filled out. But I mean, Dylan's still young. It, it kind of makes sense. Like two college lefties, um, you know, drafted out of college. Petey went to Oregon, um, Dylan to Southeast Missouri State. Um, and so, yeah, that, that one seems to fit a little bit again, like these comps, usually they don't foreshadow success. It's just people in the scouting industry like to have them and, and like to kind of have some sort of a baseline it. And it, it is, it is fun to, to think about and to wonder. Um, but man, I, can we just remark real quick again, how <laughs> this just came completely out of left field or out of the bullpen, out of the clubhouse, <laughs> if you want to make it a spring training type analogy like that. But the, <laughs> we, we just spent, I was just thinking about how we spent so much time on this podcast. Is it M Michael Soroka? What's up with him? Is it Ian Anderson? Is he going to be back? Is it Bryce Elder? Can he build off last season's second half? Is it Anderson, Elder, Soroka, a combination of the three? They're going to need a lot of starters, yada, yada, yada. Oh, and it's great to have a couple prospects in camp. That was probably the extent of it. And now we're doing a show partially structured around Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd on a Braves team that looked completely set, uh, almost completely set at the outset of camp. Now, you know, they didn't have a top 100 prospect, or don't, um, at least at the moment, but you've got two rookies on the verge of the rotation. So are these two guys underrated? Dodd, I think, is probably underrated. Schuster, you know, might be a tad underrated, but I get like the college, like just college pitchers usually don't get as much play on those, or at least that's like my view of them on, on some of the prospect lists. Like it doesn't seem, it seems like a lot of, you know, people going upside and high school guys could have some more upside. Um, but Part of it's this, like, I think the Braves probably, and Alex Anthopoulos has said this, uh, I think he said this during a press conference, like the Braves feel good about their system and have felt good about their system over the last year, year plus, but they don't hype it like other teams do. Um, and I think some teams like to maybe shoot for going, getting a little higher on those prospect lists. And some teams are fine just being like, okay, we did our work scouting. We know what we have. Others might not know what we have. There might not be the hype here, but that's fine. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Like Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd have probably been better than the rating suggests. So yes, I think they're underrated, but they've probably been better all along. We just haven't heard about it. All right, coming up, what happens to the odd men out of this rotation and the rest of Justin's roster predictions. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, Look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, time to remind you, we still got our special deal going on. If you have not joined our community of subscribers, which is what powers our journalism, powers our work, we got a great deal for you to give us a shot here. And you can get all of our baseball coverage and all of our sports coverage and everything we have to offer here at the AJC for the next six months. That'll take you into the stretch run of baseball season for just 99 cents. All of our e-paper access, all of our stories online, all of our newsletters, including the Braves Report and Bradley's Buzz. And you can do that by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's going on. And, you know, I know we, 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 we do this promo in the middle of every show uh, because we really do want to remind you and because we know you forget, like our co-host um, who hears that promo every week and, and he forgot the website too. Yeah, um, somebody asked, shout out to... Bean Eater Buzz on Twitter. Um, if you're shout out, uh, he asked where he could subscribe, and I had forgotten. I wanted to get him a good link so it was the best deal, and I had completely forgotten the URL. So thank you for saving me. Thank you for everybody who does subscribe. For those who don't, we totally get it in tough economic times. Like I've been there as well. Um, in terms of you know not knowing what you should subscribe to, not wanting your monthly bills to get higher than they already are. But the 99 cents, I think, is a really good deal because I'll put it to you this way, Jay. I filled up my tires with air in my rental car for two bucks. Um, (laughs) And that lasted me that lasted me two weeks until I had to fill them up, fill up that back left back right tire again for another two bucks. Uh, And I didn't even get to read a bunch of awesome, brave stuff and listen to a bunch of podcasts and see a bunch of videos for six months. So, So, uh, you know, one dollar, six months there if you want to give us a shot. Uh, and if you want to wait, uh, we understand that too. But meanwhile, so that's we've talked about the you know the, the exciting part of this uh, rotation battle. Now the major letdown, and it's Ian Anderson. You know, we just want to get him back going because we're going to need him. You know, and I, I think it's just sometimes that you know what that happens. You got to you know reset, and, and we'll send him back, get him regular, and um, and it became a thing too. The other two kids were pitching so well that we ran out of innings also for him and Bryce both. You know, so, um, you know, he's still young with a, a nice career ahead of him. And, and um, you know, I think you just you, you got to look at the person, too, when you make those and say what's best for him, um, let alone the organization and our team. And the thing that's best for him is to go get right back where he was. And, you know, we can be there. When we want to be I know. Yeah. Pitches. Well, we know what he's like I said. The kids pitch game sevens of one World Series games and. Uh, it's a lot of big games in a young career. He's only 24, you know, so, um, you know, they're going to go to work and break some things down and, and uh, just hoping that he can, you know, get himself back going. What happened here? How, how did things get so far afield for me and Anderson? Yeah, um, that's a really, really, really good question. Um, the lack of probably a consistent, true, like, breaking pitch not being able to spot the other pitches consistently, I think made him pretty predictable. I wonder if there were warning signs, like as good as the postseason starts have been. And like, I'm going to preface this by saying 
what matters in the postseason is just that you get guys out, you don't give up runs. Like, don't look too hard into the context there. But for the sake of this conversation, he had two walks in, you know, in, in one of them, five walks were, you know, in a scoreless four innings, uh, in another one, two walks and two runs, you know, in, in three innings, five hits. Uh, I look at some of these and I wonder if there was, you know, and, and like I said, you can't like don't look too hard into that. The kid did an awesome job. I'm just saying I think the warning signs were there in terms of maybe the lack of sharpness at certain points. Um, and I think maybe that caught up to him. And you really feel bad. Like, let's just take this from a human perspective for a second. Uh, Ian Anderson about a week and a half ago expressed that, you know, when you see the door crack open, when Michael Soroka injures his hamstring, you say like, oh man, like this is the time. Like I've got to shine here. He put a lot of pressure on himself and it just has not worked out this spring. That doesn't mean it'll never work out, but I think teams kind of figured him out a little bit um, and he's got to get back right. Uh, And he can He's got great talent. You know, it was a first rounder for a reason. Uh, former first rounder, you know, out of high school. He can get right. This doesn't have to be the end for Ian, but you do feel really bad for him because he was really looking forward to the spring, really looking forward to be a part of the opening day roster. And had even said, hey, why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? You've got Riley, Olsen, Harris, Acuna, all these great guys, a terrific team. You're going to have a chance to win. He could still be a part of this. The Braves are going to need a lot of pitchers throughout the course of this year. But to this point, um, Ian just has not looked like himself. What about Bryce Elder? I think for him, it's I, I don't think Bryce Elder has overpowering stuff. So he's got to really pound the zone. Um, and it's got to play better. Like I think, I think for him, he's just got to kind of get back to what he was doing in terms of using his sinker all over the place. Uh, and when he can spot that thing, things usually go well. Um, but even he had kind of towed the line a little bit in the spring a little more. Um, and I think for him, he was up so early last year. It might just be more experience. Mind you, you know, let's not forget that on this podcast, we talk about a certain guy named Kyle Wright a lot. This was yep. probably the first, what would you say, the first three years of Kyle Wright's career? Was this yo-yo of up and down, up and down, up and down, go to AAA and sit there? And finally, when he went to AAA and sat there, that's when it clicked. Um, so it doesn't have to be over for these guys, but we see it all the time where, you know, Snit says it as, quote-unquote, peeling the layers of a major league pitcher. Things happen. These guys have to figure themselves out. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing. Like, I don't think Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder necessarily cooked at all. I think they have talent. There's a reason that they've been successful at the big league level. You don't luck into that. That's not a fluke. But it's really, really difficult to achieve any consistency as a starting pitcher in the big leagues. And you see that every spring, every season. And these guys just have to go kind of hone their craft a little bit more and and get back there. All right, a couple of quick injury updates before we move on. Uh, Kyle Wright and Michael Soroka. So Michael Soroka threw a couple simulated innings the other day, and Brian Snicker said it went really well. He should be on the verge of getting into a spring game. Kyle Wright, on the other hand, will get into a spring game on Monday uh, when he starts against the Rays at Cool Today Park. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, 
he is pitching or has already pitched. Um, and he's gone through the throwing progression, you know, from bullpens to live batting practices to facing live hitters um, on a backfield. So he's going to be back. And really, I don't think his status is in question for opening day. The progression seems like it has gone as the Braves and as Wright intended. So there's still a pretty good shot. You know, he's still, you know, I still have him on the opening day roster, at least in my projection. Nothing tells me that he wouldn't be ready. Uh, plus, he'll be pitching, you would think, the third game of the season, or the Braves could pitch that back depending on his schedule, push that back depending on his schedule. Um, so he, he's going to be ready. All's going well there. All right, about 10 games left in spring training. So let's look at uh, the rest of who may be going north. And there, there's really kind of three competitions in play here shortstop, backup, outfield, and a couple spots in the bullpen. So let's start with short. Vaughn Grissom sitting 323. Did he do enough to start the year at short? I think so. As of right now, I have Vaughn Grissom on my roster projection uh, with Orlando Arcia as the backup infielder in that core of infielders. I really think Braden Shoemake has actually grabbed the team's attention, um, which is a good thing. He is hitting much better this spring. He's had swing adjustments that, you know, an approach change that has taken him kind of to the next level a little bit that he wasn't at. Now, the question, is it real? A small spring sample is miniature compared to a minor league track record. But sometimes these guys just figure things out, and this could be the beginning of the end of Shoemake's hitting woes and struggles. Uh, I talked to hitting coach Kevin Seitzer a few days ago, and he told me that he had a conversation with Shoemake uh, right when spring started because he noticed the swing was different. And Shoemake told him that he talked to his dad, uh, who was a college coach in Dallas, about just returning to the approach he had in college and kind of the adjustments there where he would use the whole field. Uh, and what that's really done for Braden, uh, Kevin Seitzer said, is really allowed him his swing to kind of be longer throughout the zone. So, you know, he doesn't have to cheat so much in the fastball because he was really pull happy and pull conscious. And when you do that, you've got to go early on fastball, uh, which leaves you exposed to secondary stuff and chasing pitches out of the zone. So that's really seemed to be the big improvement. But the reason I have Von Grissom is this. I think the organization has put so much into him from, you know, him coming up last year out of necessity and Braden Shoemaker was hurt at that time to spending three weeks with Ron Washington to coming into camp looking like, you know, if he earned the job, he would get the job. If he just played well, he would get the job. I don't think he's done anything to get jumped in the competition by Shoemaker. I do think Shoemake has really, really turned heads in spring and has pleasantly surprised the Braves. And that's why this week you've seen Shoemake play a little more because I think they're looking for more answers on him. They want to see who he is, if this is real, if he's going to continue playing this way. And Shoemake, mind you, was one of the top minor league defenders last year as rated by the Braves' internal metrics um, in all of minor league baseball. So he's got that. And... Anthopoulos before has said, you know, he he loves defense and really values it. He said that right when he got the job is that he had to improve the defense of the club. But I just think that the Braves know a little more about Grissom. They saw him a little bit in the majors last year. I think it's more likely as we speak right now, you can ask me again next Sunday, but as we speak right now, I just think it's more likely that Grissom makes the opening day roster and Shoemaker is in AAA to kind of show if his offensive adjustments are real or not. 
Now, the Braves have surprised us before. They did it this week. They did it last year when they shuttled up prospects. Uh, and so who knows what happens. I just think right now I feel more comfortable putting Grissom there um, for my own purposes and not being wrong than Shoemake right now. But, man, credit Shoemake. He's had a great spring. All right, now to the outfield. Eddie Rosario coming around with Team Puerto Rico, a couple of homers in the WBC. But the Braves have got plenty of insurance with you know, four candidates they've brought in, looking to keep two of them. Sam Hilliard and Eli White are tied for the team league in hits this spring. Is that going to be enough for them to win the job? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. is This is where the options come in. Sam Hilliard is out of minor league options. Eli White has minor league options. What that means, for those who don't know, is that the Braves could option Eli White and keep him in AAA, but if the Braves tried to option, quote, you know, option Sam Hilliard, they couldn't. They would have to put him on waivers, and he would have to clear waivers to return to their system. And with the way he's playing this spring, Sam Hilliard would not clear waivers. There's no way to sneak him through there. That would be a massive surprise. So effectively, they would lose him. So let's look at it from that standpoint. If you know you're going to lose a guy and you value depth in your organization and they're playing somewhat similarly, the guy with options has an advantage. Or with without options, I should say, has an advantage in that scenario. So I think they keep Sam Hilliard, um, and I think they keep Kevin Pillar. He's the same type of guy that they've had in years past, from Charlie Culberson to Matt Joyce, the kind of the, the smart veteran and versatile veteran who plays a lot of roles. Jordan Luplo is back from his oblique soreness, playing well, ramping up. But I just don't know if he's going to be. I'm not sure exactly where that progression is or if he would be 100% for opening day or if they would, you know, who knows what they would do with him. So I felt more comfortable putting Pilar there um, right now. But maybe they start with Luplo. He's got guaranteed money, $1.4 million. Uh, and Pilar's on a minor league deal, so they wouldn't lose him. But Eli White's playing well, Jay. But what you have to recognize is that to keep him on the roster, the gap has to be so stark. So in effect, if White was going to be playing every day, yeah, maybe you take him. But if he's not, why are you going to lose the depth? All right, now to the bullpen. The big four are going to be a lock there in the back end. Iglesias, Jimenez, McHugh, and A.J. Minner. Let's look at the other two lefties, Litke and Lee. Are they in? Yep, yep. So my seven locks are Iglesias, Jimenez, Minter, McHugh, Litke, Lee, and then um, who am I forgetting there? Kirby. Kirby. Yep, Kirby's a lock as well. And so that leaves you with the A spot, right? Uh, and so you've got Jesse Chavez, you've got Nick Anderson, um, Jackson Stevens, Michael Tonkin. Right there, I went with I went with Anderson. I've I've said on this podcast before that I just really do think the Braves value what Jesse Chavez brings. He can throw in any situation. He eats innings. Um, he's great for the clubhouse. He's great for younger players. Um, he's awesome to have around. But man, you see what Nick Anderson's doing. How do you leave that guy off? And that's, you know, especially because he looks like he's headed back to pre-injury form in terms of the losses there, 93, 94, some 95s. Um, pitches look good. He's feeling great. Um, it's kind of adjusted to be a little looser this year, a little more relaxed on the mound and kind of the way his body moves. And so I, man, <laughs> I just think it's tough to leave him off. Does Kirby Yates ERA over 10 scare you? Uh a little bit because he never officially knocked the rust off last year, but I think you got to keep giving him time. And he's on a major league deal, so 
with a significant salary. Like he's not making a ton, but it's significant enough where he he's going to be a lock. He's going to get a chance. Um, he's a guy with a track record with the back of the baseball card, um, as they say in the game. I I don't know. I mean, it it does a tad because we just yeah we haven't seen a full really chock full sample size of Kirby Yates post injury because last year wasn't enough until he got hurt you know and through the seven innings. Um, but I think with a guy like that who has a track record, he does you, you let it play out. You see where he's at, and he's not going to have to pitch the ninth inning. He's not going to have to pitch the eighth inning. Might not even have to pitch the seventh inning. Um, he's you know they have a deep bullpen. Um, and so it's not like you have to rely on him for these game-breaking situations every single day. There's going to be time for him to kind of build into that. All right, now time for our Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at... Justin C. Toscano. All right, uh, first question. Actually, it's two from Victor Herrera. Why does Arizona State stink in basketball? I say that's not fair. That That is not fair. Um, Jay, I was going to tell you that I was feeling refreshed after my break. Uh, that was until I stayed up until 1 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time to watch my team lose on a floater uh, because it overhelped on a trap with 1.5 seconds. Uh, that that wasn't fun. Victor's been trying to get me to become a Utah Utes fan probably since he started following me on Twitter. It's not going to happen. I love Salt Lake City, um, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Victor also wants to know who gets the fifth starter job. Right now I have Schuster. Uh, because he's got a little more minor league seasoning, a little more professional baseball seasoning. Uh, the stuff has been there. It's been nasty. They have almost identical lines. So right now I've got Schuster. It's honestly a toss-up, though. Like, I just think Schuster, you know, being where he's been and kind of on the cusp of debuting, you know, I, I think he might have that little inside track, but I, that's just the way I see it. I mean, they could see it anyway, um, and I think it really is a toss-up, and that's – that's why the Braves truly viewed this as we always talk about how spring training starts don't matter, but the Braves truly viewed this as, okay, these last couple starts for them are actually going to mean something. From Michael Tuttle, do you think the Braves trade Ian Anderson? I think it's a possibility. I mean, I don't have any actual intel on that. Um, we all know how Alex likes to do things just very, you know, tight-lipped on that stuff, um, and it's smart. Why ruin any of your leverage or why, you know, put more out there than needs to be out there, but yeah, I think it's a possibility, especially if you like Bryce Elder enough, then it's like, okay, you're going to have Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, if you like those two enough, Bryce Elder, Colby Allard. I think certainly with where Ian Anderson has been in, in terms of the draft pick you know, slot and what he's done and maybe some of the upsides still in there, I think he's probably the most attractive option you know in terms of in triple a uh not named jared schuster or dylan dodd if those two go uh so yeah i mean i think it's a possibility from brian ozzy has been dh'ing a lot the last week will be will he be ready to play second base consistently by opening day it sounds like it um because ozzy is going to play seven innings uh in the field so at second base on monday um so by the time you listen to this podcast and it seems like he's going to kind of get worked a little more into there. Um, and he had shoulder surgery, but, you know, the throws from second aren't as long as other, you know, shortstop or third. I think he should be good to go to, to play second pretty consistently. And from Spicy Chicken Nugget, do you think we'll see any moves slash trades as spring training wraps up since we, the Braves, have so many guys that look great? Or do you think they'll just keep everyone and keep the depth as they can? I think it's more... Hmm. I think it's more the latter because what would you get 
that's significant enough to trade, you know, somebody like Eli White. Like, I don't think he's going to net you enough if you were to do that um, or a Sam Hilliard per se um, or, you know, a loophole. Like, I don't I don't really think that it's going to be significant enough to to lose the depth. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade of any sort. I mean, Alex always surprises us uh, with what he's got up his sleeve. And I think it's a lot of things that you you just would be shocked at. Um, and so, yeah, like he's done stuff like that, you know, before that has surprised us that we haven't seen coming. Um, heck, we didn't see this fifth starter competition between these two coming. So anything is a possibility. Like, I, I honestly don't rule anything out. All right. Last thing here. Winner of the week. Ooh. <laughs> I mean... My winner of the week is probably. Can it? Are we are we being too cheap and cheesy if we do Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd? I mean, I, like, is there a bigger winner of the winner of the week is the Braves farm system? And I'll do this: <laughs> the Braves is other prospects because in seeing these guys get the opportunity they have, that gives other guys a little bit of juice to say to themselves, like, "Hey, man, if I play well, if I pitch well, whatever it might be." They're going to notice. They're going to give me opportunities. It is a meritocracy, um, and they've shown that they're willing to give prospects and young guys opportunities. And I'll go on a, on a similar vein. Braden Shoemake, he's still in the conversation, or he's actually in the conversation because he was not in the conversation a month ago. He's kind of in the conversation for the shortstop job, and this track record in the minor leagues has probably not been what he has wanted, but now he apparently is is a legitimate factor. Yeah, no, yeah, he – yeah, he – Definitely is, um, and is definitely under consideration. I would say, um, based on what I've heard, uh, is it, it, it's real. I mean, you know, Von Grissom still got to win the job, and they've said that all spring. Nobody expected Braden Shoemaker to play like this, though. Um, and I mean, I tell you, my my winner of the week would have been Arizona State basketball, but you can have TCU to thank for that. So we got to keep to the the standard bones of the show. Uh, if if it makes you feel any better, TCU still lost sixty five to seven in the football game. Oh, okay. That that makes me that makes me feel a little bit better. I so my mom is actually from Michigan. Uh, I grew up a little bit, of, you know, of a Michigan football fan. So TCU, I was like, TCU really put out my teams in football and basketball this year. Are you kidding me? I didn't think. Um, fun fact, trivia question for someday in the future. I applied to TCU. I got in. I didn't go though. Uh, I I applied to one place and I and I got in there and that was good. And that was Jordan. There you go. And they, and they beat TCU by 50-something points. All right, so that's where we'll wrap it up here uh, for this week's show. Uh, if you have not done so, you know we, we appreciate your ratings. Anytime you can uh, give us a rating on Spotify or Apple, that helps us grow the show. It gets more attention. If, if you want us to grow the show, if you don't, tell us why. Let us know how we can improve. But until then, rate, review, follow, share, and we'll see you next Monday on the Braves Report for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.